Quitting time on your Thursday, 5 o'clock here on Fan Run Radio. They didn't let me leave. Oh, he's still here. They ain't you got nothing okay. to do. They, the, the doors were literally locked. I said, I got to leave at 5. You just jumped in, too. Like, I, I wasn't even going to bring him back in. I thought he was just going to sit there and, like, quietly, like, no. get the, if I'm gonna like, be the wave, here, I'm gonna wave by thing. No, it's Rick. All right, more Rick Butler. Here we he go. He ain't got nowhere to go. I know that kid like the back of my hand. What nobody asked for on a Thursday afternoon. He ain't more going Rick. nowhere. No. He ain't going nowhere. That's holding. That's holding. Marcus Young has your top five at five. Marcus, what do you got? Thank you, Russell. Uh, number one, Zagai Ziegler has been named to the watch list for the Defensive Player of the Year award. I think it... Uh, Based on the defensive play that most Rick Barnes teams have, you'd at least see one of those guys on there. Good to see Zakai get added to that list. Through 20 games, Zakai has recorded a team-high 46 steals. He's averaging 2.4 steals per game in SEC play, a mark that ranks third in the conference. Uh, Eight games with three or more steals, including five with four or more takeaways. He ranks 22nd among all D1 players in steal percentage, recording a steal in 4.8% of possessions in which he's on the court. Pretty, pretty good defensive player on a pretty, pretty good defensive team. It's pretty incredible to just see how much of a full circle player he is, right? Bert today said, Bert Bertelkamp joined us in hour number one. He said, and he just got it nonchalantly. Said Zakai's the leader of the team. Like it's his, he's it's his team when he's out there, which kind of caught me off guard because I just kind of like Josiah. Yeah, yeah. I, I thought it was his team and like and it was so matter of as fact. like his deputy. And I think that's kind of the you know indicative to just the roles on Tennessee's team, right? You don't have a twenty-five points per game guy. You don't have a a true definitive you know kind of leader in that direction. But there's a couple guys. But I, I do think that you know quickly into his Tennessee career, sophomore Zakai. Is one of those guys for Tennessee. Mm. Hat number two, some player news for the NFL as we prepare for this weekend for championships. Sorry, Rick. Uh, Patrick okay. Mahomes said that his first patch, uh, first practice went better than expected. And then on the other side, on the NFC side, Christian McCaffrey, who was sitting out of his Thursday practice to work on a bruised calf, said that there is zero chance that he is not playing. It's a weird way to phrase zero percent chance I'm not playing. Why not just say I'm playing? <laughs> oh, yeah, I think he was asked like, "What are the chances of you like you're gonna have to sit out?" And he said zero chance like that. What about the Bengals? Uh, apparently, their locker room has leaked out what they're referring to Kansas City as. Have you see this? Yes, I have. They're no, I haven't. It, they're calling it Burrowhead Stadium. I believe he's three and zero there. Yes, he is. It's a bold they, move. Woo-hoo! I'm telling you, man. I, Bengals have got to win, man. Bulletin board material. This is a this is a firewall game for me. I, I I do not want to see Brittany and Jackson Mahomes. Oh. I, I want oh. their lives oh. to be miserably, miserably sad Sunday night. Can I slightly ruin it for you? I don't think they're going to be that miserable. I think they're still going to be pretty happy overall. But what, what with the five hundred million dollar contract and all? Yeah. But no, I agree. I don't like them either. I like they they finally they kind of laid low for most of the year, Marcus and I guys. Know. They resurfaced. Did you see the video? They yes. did. Yes. They did. God, like the two most obnoxious people on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. 
and they they are the other two. You know, it's the brother and and wife of the best quarterback in the league, <laughs> in the league right who now. everybody like, loves. Can you imagine if this was like Peyton back in the day, and Peyton, you know, he had like a Cooper and and his wife were just super obnoxious all that. Like that would never have happened. That's bad. At number three, sticking with the NFL, the NFL has extended the Players Coalition partnership with a $15 million grant. They are expanding its partnership with the coalition to address issues for racial and social justice with a five-year extension and a $15 million grant through its Inspire Change initiative. Okay. I thought that was not not newsworthy. Oh, yeah, it's... I, I hope uh, you're gonna have to get Russell to explain it to me. I hope everything. Well, Marcus is gonna have to explain it to me. I, I don't know what he said. <laughs> the whole point of the co- they're throwing fifteen yeah. million dollars at social justice for to make change. the world a better pl- for change. For so, change. Social and, and racial justices for through was the that, NFL. Was that three or four? Barrett's ready to move on. There have been was four. That, was that four? It was three. Yeah, number uh, four. I'll just go ahead and move on, Barrett, since you're <laughs> over it. That's fine. I thought it was worth noting, but apparently I was incorrect. Misread the room, Marcus. <laughs> number four. Oh, you don't care about social change? That's fine. Uh, number four, Astros hire oh, really? Brave scouting executive Dana Brown as their new GM. You know. Who's the new – Dana Brown's the new GM where? For the Astros. It's from the Titans, right? Or he – Whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on here? Is it a male or female Dana? Said Astros hire Braves scouting executive, so it's the Braves. Pretty good good chance this is a male Dana. (laughs) That did kind of make me wonder why would they be hiring an NFL guy for the Astros. I'm sorry. It is a a he. Okay. So. Huh. Good um, either or name. Dana. Boy, we left here the other night thinking our boy was going in the hall, and damn if he didn't drop six points in like 30 seconds. Oh, such an outrage. Apparently, I read something. We need to double check. I think he's eligible next year. Yeah, he is. Because somebody, one of those people that uh, that are usually pretty accurate about it, feel like he's going in yeah, next I, year. Yeah, I saw some of that, too. It's a conversation for that we need to have Because it's his last day. year, and so people are like, oh, okay, it's his last chance. We're going to go in and put him he's in. It's like, dude, why didn't you just put him in last year? And he's good enough then. He's good enough now. You only need like 10 votes. Yeah. Finally, at number five, a sailor has been rescued after being adrift in the Caribbean for 24 days. Wow. Okay, it's Whoa. like nightmare, Whoa. nightmare fuel. Like if I, I've had bad dreams about being really, yeah, lost at sea. Yeah. Would like that be your dinghy? number one, yeah, like in the most of the ocean scary situation to go? Or I like think to that fight is for yourself. Or, for or me personally, or? no. For me personally. Would be being dropped in the raft on a raft of minimal supplies in the middle of Pacific Ocean. Oh. That is the most terrifying scenario imaginable to find yourself in by yourself. No shade, Get, no food, water. Like five to seven thousand miles away from land. Oh. So uh, the Colombian Navy rescued the man from uh, Dominica who says he survived 24 days adrift on a sailboat by eating ketchup, garlic powder, and seasoning cubes. That's how he survived. Elvis uh, Francisco, 47, apparently scrawled the word help in English on the boat's hull, which officials said was the key to his rescue. Sailboat was spotted from the air 120 nautical miles northwest of a specific peninsula. I'm not going to even do it. Do you have one of those big it. signal fires to light up if a plane flew overhead? 
Mm, well, yeah, because if, if you're a plane way, way up high, like you're flown over the ocean, like I find it hard to believe that you would be able to spot and read a sail unless you're like... I said a signal fire. But you're not doing that on a yeah, boat. But, yeah, I don't think he would... He, he, the story he read said that they saw the sail with, oh. with help written on it. Yeah. And I'm, you must have been like 10,000 feet or less to be able to see that. The signal fire is very like castaway, right? Like they'd from that movie or any of those survival movies, right? You do the, the yeah, wooden. Man, there's so many of those. It's like. A flare, I feel like, from the boat would be the only thing I would be willing to use that fire in it. Yeah, but, I mean, obviously this guy, if he's out on a sailboat, he probably, somebody like that, not that this isn't an ordeal and it's not amazing and a miracle that he survived, but if you're going to be able to survive something like that, I feel like it's it's people that have been on the ocean yeah, what kind of sailboat no are we talking survive. about Why here? Why couldn't he navigate the sailboat? So what happened was back in December, the current swept the sailboat out to sea while he was making repairs off the island of St. Martin in the Netherlands, where he actually lives. Whoa, he whoa, actually St. Martin's? St. Martin. The, oh, St. Martin in the... So he's in the like Netherlands. in the... He's, he's in the North, North Atlantic? That's what it's... I'm just... Yeah. What, or, or is St. Martin... Is that well, like that's one in of the those, Caribbean? Is that one says, of those? It says it, in the Netherlands, Antilles or Antilles. So, so it's one of those things where they're like a colony or something. Yeah. They're, okay. They're in, okay. He did sense. one thing that probably helped him out the most is that he said he did try to call friends. They tried to contact him, but he lost his signal. So people knew he's out there. He was, that he was he out was there gone. somewhere. Yeah. <sighs> so it was just about time before someone found him. Whew, that is terrifying. He's lucky. Would, would you, did he have any water? How? Do, I mean, because you can you can survive you can, like. What three weeks without food, but it's like just or maybe ten it's, days without food or something. It's but three just, weeks, but just like without water, you're only like what three four days. It's, yeah. it's three days. It's that thing they call the rule of three: three minutes without air, uh, three days without water, and three weeks without food. Typically, huh. you know, some what? people can make it longer. Huh. To Bear's credit, here as I read further, he did in fact try to light a fire, but was unable to. So he did try. Um, now, part of this sounds like the Pine Barrens episode from Sopranos, Caribbean style. He was eating ketchup packets, garlic, and bouillon cubes Just was his only food. Yeah, so he ate ketchup, garlic powder, and like, yeah, like those type of cubes for like seasoning and stuff. Yeah, that, and then he also mentioned he had a, he did do the trick that I've seen in TV before, the mirror trick. He saw a plane pass. And did that kind of thing to get their attention too. I'd so. try to catch a fish or something. I'm sure he. Tri- I'm sure he did. Yeah. <laughs> Twenty four days. <laughs> he had a lot. A lot of time to God. to try new things. Glad he survived. You only hear about the survive uh, the survivors, the guys who who die is just never sucks. get found out in yeah, the middle of the Pacific, like I'm talking about. You don't hear them. It's because some giant megalodon shark that. Still alive somewhere out there, or they Lurking. just swallows you, or they just lived on their raft for three weeks and then just slowly like passed out and didn't wake up. Yeah, and just passed what away. Morbid that, thought. Yeah. What a morbid and then, thought. And, and then oh, you get eaten. It's like, what do you do? Do you at a certain point do you just like flip yourself over and hope you're too weak to swim and just drown and end it, or just sit there and just die agonizingly thirsty and hungry? I think you would what probably do you do? get go into delirium, though, Russ. You know, so who knows which one you'd end up doing? You probably do something crazy, start drinking seawater. Have, have you seen or read that book, uh, the movie it, Unbroken about Louis yes. Zamperini? Yes, uh, the work uh, yeah. the war camp. 
Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that being a, a traumatic story. Yeah. He was in like, he's a World War II, like mm-hmm. bomber crashed into the ocean and he was adrift for, yeah. Uh, I want to say weeks just in a small boat. Well, dinghy, right? With some other people. And they ended up like when they finally made it to land. It was, they fell into the hands of the Japanese army, and then it became like an even worse ordeal because they were horribly mistreated as POWs. Oh yeah, it's a true story. And it, yeah, and he was Louis like a, he was a track star. That's right. He later qualified for the. Uh, and what's it called? 1939 Unbroken? Olympics. I may yeah. have to. What's think, it on? I think Angelina Jolie directed it too. Didn't that is cor- that is correct. It's on HBO. Bear, you can go watch it. You like her, Rick? She do it for you, Angelina. <laughs> I mean, back in the day, like early 2000s, Angelina. Like okay, Mr. Miss Smith? Just, yeah. Oh, the, the Brad She's Pitt. She's fine. Laura Croft era. Oh. <laughs> was, that, was that unseemly? I'm sorry. She was a oh, very. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Do you guys ever watch that movie? She was a very that, attractive yeah. young lady. Yeah. That movie Salt with her? Yeah, she, I saw that. That was. It was it was dumb as hell, but I, I it wasn't it, it was wasn't cool. bad, but it wasn't good. The script was terrible. The cinematography was she was great. like a female spy, right? Yeah, but she didn't know it. She was um, Johnny Depp in that. No, who was in that? No, he, they did do a movie together that was spy like as well. That's Mister Mr. 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 Smith. Mr. Mr. Smith. That's yeah. one of my favorite movies. I've heard it's great. It's one of Brad Pitt's hysterical in that. I thought it was okay. That was pretty damn good. Anyhow. Anyhow. Thank you, Marcus. Don't forget, we'll be at National Law Rex tomorrow to kick off your weekend with the Jets pizza. This week has just absolutely flown by. Oh, I love Jets. That's what, what's your part go-to of my weekend, there? man. I just love the, the, the plain pepperoni, man. They usually Straight give me up. one of those. Yep. And, and then something a little bit more. They'll, they'll give me one of their specialties, like a, a Hawaiian or a Supreme or a Meat Lover. Uh, the Supreme's hard to top. Do they make it? Was am I mistaken? Am I imagining this? Was there a Philly cheesesteak pizza at one time? Um, I, there yeah, is. There was some something exotic they had. Oh, you got a menu right there. Nice. Hell yeah, we got a menu. Uh, they don't have Philly cheesesteak. They've got. They don't have this on the menu anymore. I bet you that they would make it special. I bet you would make one for me. Yeah. What is it? Chicken oh, parm. Yeah. Oh, chicken, the chicken parm. parm pizza. Chicken parm pizza at Jets was outstanding. Chicken parm, you taste so good. <laughs> Rick Butler made it weird. You don't remember that? The pink I remember yeah, that. I was just, just like, to sing it. I just had to check. Buffalo Ranch chicken is pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to beat a Supreme, man, if it's done right and they do it right. You're not wrong that someone does do a Philly cheesesteak pizza. I know I've heard that somewhere. Like, that's not the first time. I'm not entirely convinced that it wasn't there, I swear (laughs) to God, because I I remember eating it at National RX. And if I. I think that they've freshened up the menu, so they might. I mean, maybe you were the only one that liked it and they took it off. Well, see, I always. Everybody always. liked the chicken parm, evidently. (laughs) Got rid of the good pizzas that we liked. Isn't that terrible when when you find out that, like,. It's just like you, you and maybe like 15 other people across the country that are. Yeah, like Pepsi at Culver's. <laughs> <laughs> you know where you can go, Rick? Hey. Ooh. I'm going home as soon as you guys unlock these doors. <laughs> You're here forever. 
Yes, Marcus. I did. Would it be okay if I asked Rick a question? Because I have I want to know his perspective of something uh, I specific. Like, like, see how well he's trained. He asks if he can ask. Her. Yes, you can ask a question. Go ahead, Rick. The last play uh, Dallas had this year. <laughs> oh no! Do you think hey, I cover Tennessee? Let's talk. <laughs> Oh, oh no! I've I've I've, Go I've, ahead. I've, I've, I've got no, some. Please. Yeah, no. You see I just... where uh, Dak broke up with his girl too. I think his girl broke up with him because because he played so poorly. Because of Brock like, Purdy, probably. Not... Yeah, she said, "I'm going after Brock." <laughs> <laughs> Rough week for Dak. <laughs> you are not as Purdy as Brock, Dak. Go ahead. Yeah, no. I just I'm curious when you when you see a play like that that clearly outdid what Pat McAfee did um, with uh-huh. the Colts. You know. What what do you think in that moment? Because like obviously you you miss out on that catch that would have helped make a hail mary a little easier. Yeah, none you, of those plays were good beforehand. Though. Right. Yeah. So I'm I'm it curious. Was, I, I kind of thought about it for a little while, and I thought if you run that play a hundred times, ninety nine times it is going to be a disaster. Right. You just feel like it's going to be a a complete train wreck of a disaster. Maybe your one time. I think that if that play works. It is a touchdown. It is a bona fide touchdown. You have five linemen in the right place to block. Like I, I think, if, again, if the play works, it is a touchdown from anywhere on the field. But there is a less than half a percent of a chance that it works. I was flabbergasted, bamboozled, dumbfounded when that play happened. I, I had no idea what was going on. But then again, the, I, I had already been frustrated for a while. So it's not like I you know, just freaked out of nowhere. You're already upset. Sure. That game stunk. It was funny. Yeah, Bear and I, Bear and I discussed it. It. It, took, it took so long. Like They're in that formation forever. There's all this buildup. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? It wasn't like they were hurry up or, or they're coming out of a timeout. They run out, they run out there, line up and snap. And it's like they're just standing there. And yeah. everybody's like, what's going on for a good 60 seconds or so? And then they stand, it's just... Let's put the running back at the center position. Let's see what happens. Oh, you know that linebacker wanted every opportunity just oh to knock God. him over. He like, was licking yeah. his chops. He knew he had a chance to separate his soul from his body, and he <laughs> took it. Quick timeout. When we continue, we've got an update on Davison Igbenison. We have uh, some news there, perhaps. Stay tuned. The drive continues. More Fan Run Radio coming up. Fan Run Radio, the drive continues. I seem to remember uh, Rick coming on these airwaves. It was Friday, right? It was a week ago. No. Yes. I don't know. It was a week ago because the game was Sunday. I feel bad now. I feel like I've caused this. I mean, do you remember what you said, Rick? You want a refresher? Surely nobody's got a refresher. Surely that's, oh, no. Bear does his research. Yeah, I've just got to scroll back up to it. There's one I don't want to play. <laughs> I, I, I remember that one well. Absolutely. Well, this has gone real well. Absolutely grind the bucks up. Well, I was going to be honest. I, if you didn't mention the Cowboys here in the next two or three minutes or so, I was going to hang up. I felt a little disrespected oh, no. by that. The Cowboys, America's team, are, are just oh, a firecracker right okay. through the playoffs of the National Football League. Oh, this no. is an unstoppable train. Woo, and it's stopped. not even going through Dallas. It's going through other sections 
of America Ooh. in route uh-huh. to the Super Bowl. Ooh. Russell, this thing is already tied up Sunday night against Ooh. the 49ers. Tied up for the Niners. No. no, his bubble has to pop. Oh, it just kept getting worse. His bubble did not pop. His bubble did not pop. Who said that? Who was that? Ah, I'll tell you what got popped. I'll tell you what got popped, Ricky. Oh, no. Yeah, Ezekiel, he got popped right up underneath the jaw. (laughs) Got driven down into the ground like a damn tent peg. I guess the offensive line coach didn't work with our running back enough. Wow. (laughs) You know that? Who was that? Which linebacker was it? A stupid team and a stupid loss and a stupid play. I mean, what do you think's going through that linebacker's mind right before that play? Like, I cannot believe I'm getting ready to get a free, clear shot. Well, remember, they showed Shanahan on the sideline, and he was, he was like, not panicking at all. He was just, like, walking around like, we got this. <laughs> He's like, it's all good. Like, what the hell? And they threw it to that Turpin guy, and then he got the he crap. He got tank. clobbered. <laughs> yeah, he did. I mean, he got absolutely lit up. It was beautiful. One of the dumbest football plays I've ever seen. I thought about you, your yeah. old man. Yeah. My buddy Troy, all my Cowboy fan friends, and I was giggling. Yeah. Derek, Phil. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Philly, big Cowboys fan. Were you aware of that, Rick? I think that it maybe come up a, a, a time or two, but, hey, you know what? I'm looking around the table. Your team didn't make the playoffs. Your team didn't make the playoffs over there. So at least... America's team did. Now, I'm not going to go much further than that because, uh, you know, we did, it wasn't good. America's but team. your team didn't get there. Uh-huh. Like 30 years <laughs> since America's <laughs> team. A, Bear's a Washington fan. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm back on the Titans. Did you, did you notice why I did that? I just... Yeah, um, I, we. You don't have to point it Mar- out. Marcus is so did proud you, of himself. Yeah. Did you know? Hey, I, hey Russell. No, hey, like, Russell. Like I trolled Bear. Did you hear what I said? Did you hear what I said? Do you know why? Do you know why? I'll tell you why. Because I knew exactly when he pointed at you separately like that. Oh, I knew he was going to say, because back then they all trolled me about, because Russell was a Washington fan when he was growing up. Today would have been a perfect day for me to wear my old school Titans gear because it's damn cold and I forgot. Yeah, but I, I, when, when, when the Titans came to Tennessee, I, I jumped on and I did not jump off, unlike I some jumped people. Off. You have trademarked the stupid, ugh. My Titans. That's a poor imitation. And Ross that's hit why it. It's so, that's why it's so recognizable with you. You're stupid. You trying to crack? You trying to crack on me, Butler? No. Show, show him this how could it's be done, a two-way, This could be a two-way street. Do it. Mr. Cowboy. Do it. Mr. Funny Man. Do it. We got to get to the funds here. You don't want this smoke, Rick Butler. You don't want these problems. Westchester is next. Good afternoon, Westchester. All right, Rick. You're going to get crushed by the Eagles anyway. It doesn't matter. Oh, ain't that the truth? Good point. They saved y'all another beating. Hey, uh, I need to talk to the uh, the fan run historian Bear here for just a second because my whole time at, since I got got to Knoxville, I've been I've been uh, inundated with uh, the statement that nobody cared about basketball during the '80s and early 90s. No one cared about basketball here. No one cared about basketball here. No one cared about basketball here. We were a football school, blah, blah, blah. The athletic directors didn't care. I'm mostly coming from, like, you know, a tall guy, I guess, was the first one to give a little bit of interest in it. But So, if all that's true, that we never cared about basketball, why in the hell did they build the arena in the first place? Because I think that they, they knew. Because during the, after the Ray Mears years and into the early 80s, 
Stokely, and that was one of the hardest tickets in college basketball to get in was to get into a game at Stokely usually, especially when it was conference, uh, you know, conference play. Like, I remember that was a big deal. Like, that was one of the best birthday presents I ever got. I think it was like my 12th birthday. I got tickets to go see Tennessee play Alabama in Stokely um, on my birthday. And it was, I mean, it was, I don't, so I, I think they thought that the money was there. And I guess the, uh, the bowling family and the Thompson family agreed to put up the money for it. And they built it. So. It's kind of hard to go back. I know you were talking yesterday about some of the some of the disasters from the, the the build site and all the horror stories of all the concrete it took. And, yeah, I mean, but, for, for me, it's just if you were if you were replacing something like that now, um, it, it wouldn't be just a big. I mean, it, it's just very dated looking. It's very ni- mid nineteen eighties industrial looking, and now you know now if they built something like that on campus, Russ, it'd be like. It would look so cool and it'd be state of the art yeah. and be perfect. Yeah, both outside Good and part. inside. Like, like I would have liked to have seen Stokely Athletic Center the way it was designed, but built out today. Well, Thompson Bowling when they built it, it was just like, let's make it as big as we can and they as many seats to get as we bigger can. than Rupp. They want to be bigger yeah. than Rupp Arena. Yeah, and they wanted they wanted they thought they could get concerts. That's a whole other issue for another day, but um, guys, speaking of basketball, I uh, I have a, a little little Westchester stat here for you that's kind of impressive. Um, Georgia's—I had the number wrong yesterday. I apologize. Georgia's largest two margins of defeat prior to yesterday were 14 at Kentucky and 14 at Alabama, and that's a combined 28. Tennessee, Tennessee beat them by more than that. Tennessee beat Georgia so badly that they scored more. The, the margin of defeat was better, was higher than their two previous higher, highest margin. You know what I'm trying to say? I mean, that's that's pretty impressive, right? I mean, I, I mean, I'm sure Georgia had a bad day, but I'm sure Georgia sucks. But we got well, a lot of mediocre teams have bad days when Tennessee shows up. I was so legit mad when they scored that last basket. Because <laughs> it was going to be a thirty-point win, yep. and we were going to hold them to under forty. It was thirty-nine points, and and they just like Tennessee just let up and let Georgia drive right to the basket and lay it in, and it's no big deal at the end of the day. But I was really looking forward to, and I'm sitting there watching it because we've got voluntary reaction, so I'm like watching intently, and uh, I was really fired up to hold them up to under forty. I, I was irritated about that, and Bert brought it up. Rick Barnes isn't alone. I was I was pissed about yeah. that dunk at the beginning of the game because that was just really, we, we really kinda, you're you're going to do that. Well, and that's you know Barnes's thing. Like people want to rip on him for being overly critical and oh he grinds the kids up and hurts their confidence and all that stuff. But like, I I I don't even think it's a double edged sword. You can look at that as a slight drawback, but the. The overwhelming positive thing about it is he leaves – he doesn't let you slip on anything. No matter what the score is, if a big blowout, you're playing Carson Newman in an exhibition, it's like, oh, you didn't close that guy out. But, Coach, he shot an air ball. It doesn't matter. You didn't close him out. Like, this is the standard. We do everything perfect here. And that's how he takes average recruits and turns them into yeah. NBA players. Yeah. I think it's the pride in the building. 
Yeah. You got to have pride in what you do, whether it's something small like a closeout or big like a shot. Tennessee has now set the single season record for wins of 20 points or more. We have 11 games left on the regular season wow. schedule. They've won 11 games uh, through the first 20 games by 20 points or more. It's going to get a little bit tougher from here on, though. The uh, Were y'all, uh, I guess, Rick might have been the only one. Rick, you were, were you there during the uh, the uh, pregame for the Ziggler dunk? <laughs> yes, I was. Yes. <laughs> okay. Can you – I the, the angle that I saw online had a little WWE camera work, and the backboard was kind of was kind of – Blocking the rim. Whoa, 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 whoa! I'm just asking. I'm Did just he dunk? asking. Was it a was it a dunk? Yeah. So he missed the first one. Uh, the first okay. one definitely missed. Got the rebound. Went back out to the line. Hit the second one. And it was impressive. It's one of the ones where you throw it off the ground, and so right. you know you're alley ooping it to yourself. Wow. But he he did miss the first. Uh, he got a lot of you know crud from the team about it, and then he went and hit the second. <laughs> I, I mean, he's not throwing down that. like Camwa Phillips or. No, but I mean, he can still throw it down with Triple authority. J. Hey, you know, Spud he, Webb he, could dunk back in the day. He walks on air. It's, it's I saw him dunk. Zakai's a good Spud. Guy. I think it was Spud. Zakai's like Muggsy. four inches taller than than Spud Webb what was. Year is, what year is Zakai? Can y'all remind me? And where a, is he on his COVID? Sophomore. True sophomore. True sophomore. He's got this Does he year and two for more. COVID year or no? No. No. Okay. You got this year and, and two more, and I'm already I'm already counting them. Amar, I'm already, you know, once we get through this year, he'll be in his junior. And this is going mean, to be one you miss. This, I say this with as much respect as possible. He's not leaving early, so we've got two more, right? Can you he imagine? No. Can you imagine how tough Zakai's senior year team is going to be with him running the point and Awaka patrolling oh. the lane as a junior? Like, the oh, New York Volunteers. Oh. oh, it'd be nasty. Rucker Park South. That would. That would make me happy if they could turn him into a into a true point guard. I, I think you know when you talk about him being a true point guard, like the last stretch of five six games in SEC play has been phenomenal. His ability to his ability to distribute from the top of the key and really just get everybody involved. Like yes, Tennessee is lacking that true twenty to twenty five points a game scorer, but when you have Zakai Ziegler being able to run the point and being able to get everybody involved any time at any position on the court. I think that that is a phenomenal trait to have for your guard. He, he's really kind of picking up on that true point guard role here in the last couple of games. Plays into uh, what Russ talks about. We always go back to what Aaron Torres talks about. If you've got somebody that can distribute it as well as he can, yeah, uh, con- as consistently as he does, I mean, what's he average now assist-wise? I, mean, I feel like every time I look up, he's got like eight or nine. Yeah, it's got to be up there seven, eight, which is you know nearing the – Nearing the top of the league and where guys that's, finish season. So that's it's, why you see everybody on the team. You know, we have these multiple games now where you got f- either five guys in double digits or anybody that played scoring. Yeah. Everybody's scoring. So it's from the distribution. Everybody's scoring like at the frat party. <laughs> guys, have a good time. We'll see you. Thanks. Thank you, Westchester. So, Igbonison is evidently in LA presumably visiting UCLA, he posted to his Instagram a, a picture of himself at a pretty swank-looking Beverly Hills Hotel. So, Like the Beverly Hills Hotel or a hotel in Beverly a, Hills? A hotel, not, nice hotel. And he is so – he, so he's out there. So that, that one's not done yet. That one's not done yet. Even though he is in the directory and there has been a report from Neil McCready that He's transferring to Tennessee. It's not not official. 
kind of goes back to what we talked about with Toa Toa. Just because their name is still in the directory or is He's in the directory. He's never been a student. No, it's not. No, it's different. But, uh, He's but, never been a student here. But the issue with that is, is that if he's over in Beverly Hills right now, like why why wouldn't he be in Knoxville if he's like? Well, it's a subtle recruiting tactic. They've done this for a, a long time now, which is you come in on your visit. Oh, everything's going well. You're vibing and everything. You still got another visit scheduled afterwards somewhere else. But the coaches say, hey, you know what? Since you like it and everything, tell you what, let's just go ahead and get you registered in the student directory. So that if you do decide to come here, like all you have to do is sign up for classes and you're good to go. With and I think the idea is you just kind of you you subtly plant the idea, the seed in the prospect's mind that well I'm all I've already done this. Like uh, it just makes it easier to go ahead and commit, you know. And I think they've done that with a, a lot of players through the years. So that's why, like, we just that, didn't, we just started checking stuff. People started checking the registry, and well, yeah, people have been doing it on these message boards for for years now, and that's why when that report came out, we saw the screenshots that he was in the directory yesterday, and it's like, yeah. okay, well, it's a good sign. Yeah, like, that, don't, don't get me wrong, like it's it's a good sign, but it's it's not a final now. <laughs> I mean, the, the other part about it is, if if I'm that kid, and even if I fully intend. On attending Tennessee, no doubt in my mind, I'm in the. I already know what my classes are. Yeah, I'm not passing up a free trip, especially if you start talking about nice hotels. And I want to see the picture, like the Beverly Hills Hotel. I mean, that's that's like living like a rock star out there at some of those places. I wouldn't pass up that trip, even if I was coming to Tennessee. If you if you were committed, committed. Yeah, like if I knew for sure I'd hey, be coach, running through I, the T. Well, then you're not committed. If you're committed, you. You go to school. You you. Well, then I, I wouldn't. Get, I, like, I would hey, know honey, in my heart I, I'm playing at Tennessee, we're, we're, but I'm going to L.A. Hey, sweetheart, we're, we're engaged now. I know that, uh, and I'm going to marry you. Absolutely, oh, yeah. we're getting married. But there's this other girl over here. Like I, I promised, I was going to take her out to eat, and so I'm, I'm going to go out to eat. We're going to have a nice dinner and, and spend some time together. But I, I'm we're engaged. I'm, I'm I'm marrying you. See how that works out for you. Yeah, you know what? That's why you don't tell them that. You don't make the commitment, the full-on commitment, until after exactly. you take that last Exactly. That's what I'm saying. I would put it on Instagram, too. It would be like going out on that dinner, posting a photo about the dinner, too. Because it's just you weird. Wanna hear, you want to hear another one? Another little juicy bit of football recruiting roster transfer gossip? Yes. Nug? Walter Nolan put something on Instagram. Hello. Uh, wow. Powell's own. Uh, I'll get your reaction to this. What, what do you What do you read into this, Rick Butler? What's uh, that say? Wow, it says it's a picture and it says portal looking good. Uh, dot dot dot. So you know, trails off kind of there with a with a selfie picture of kind of his, his chest like and looking his up at his head, but he's looking straight forward. So it's it's like of his chin. So he's portal he's looking, looking forward. Good. He's looking up and he's saying the portal's looking good. You know, it trails off a little bit. I think that's very fascinating. I, obviously, I you know I, I didn't know anything about that name until you just showed me, but you know that there's a lot of strong ties between him and Rodney Garner and other players. Excuse me, other uh, people on the Tennessee coaching staff. That one's fascinating. I said from the get go, when he committed to and signed with A and M last year, I said it ain't over. Yeah, fans be nice to him. Don't be mean online. Mm-hmm. Just like let him go to A and M. Let him go down. Let him get his bag. Let him go down there. I know they 
I've heard all the stories about they, the families moved down there and they've got a big whatever Move house right back up like here. I, I, okay, I get it. Like it's cool. Like just let them go. Let them. Yeah. Let, let's see what happens. And uh, you can always come home. Ooh, I think that is a fascinating nugget right there. Portal looking good. Uh, now the portal portal's closed. Good. He can't go in the yeah, portal right yeah. now. But I think it opens up again, yeah, like right after spring on, practice. Right after. Uh-huh. Even if even if he spends another year down there, like there's plenty of time. It's I, like I'll tell you what, that, that class that that much ballyhooed class of Jimbo's of, of Jumbo uh, is going to end up. I mean, how many guys has he lost out of that class now? De- a decent amount. You're not. Yeah, it's going to be just gonna be all like over a lost the place. Class. Yeah. And you thought that was going to be the one? Those were going to be the players that took you to the playoffs. And no, they aren't even going to be there. And not only that, but it's it's going to put your program even further behind the eight ball. It was always Bobby Petrino was the biggest recruit. That was the one he had to have. One of the players is Bobby. Mm-hmm. Bobby and Jimbo. Bobby Dur- the Savior. TJ CJ Durkin. I'm telling you, I had a weird feeling about that. I really do. I think uh, that's potentially the only one, man. No, that's but I like, mean, it's going no. down. It's going to happen. It's Specific- <laughs> great. Specifically, like you're some kind of seer over there. It's like when your buddy gets together with that, with that with that girl that everybody knows he shouldn't be with, and you just know it's going to blow up, and you're like, we're talking about Jimbo Fisher, T.J. <laughs> Durkin, and Bobby freaking Petrino. What could go wrong? I'm mainly talking about. I still stand by my stance that I think you're going to have a usurper situation with Bobby. I like like this is some kind of groundbreaking like well, last time I talked higher, about higher you powered th- thinking. Wait, you're, you're going to sit here and cast aspersions on Bobby Petrino? You're sitting here telling me that he's going to try and take somebody's job. Yeah. He's not going to yeah. be loyal to the people that give him chances. He's yeah. going to try and backstab. No, the Bobby Petrino I know, Mark. Yeah, yeah, for some reason, last time I brought this up, I was scolded. No, no you weren't scolded. It was, almost, it was almost. It was almost. It was almost the table. Was seemed as if I was. Maybe. Foolish to think the table that that him was I being, being sarcastic like I was just now. It wasn't yes. that. It wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah. We oh, you like, remember? No, yes. you do not. Yeah, yeah, I do. You do not. It was the same oh, thing. Man. We were like, no, my, it, we were being sarcastic. Okay. I can't imagine. I'm spitting the take on these fine fan run airwaves that. Oh, Bobby Petrino's a reformed guy. It's a. It's yeah. a good hire. Everything's going to work out fine. Yeah, no. There's no way that ends badly. <laughs> it's going to be Chernobyl down there. This is like when you go home for Christmas and you see all your extended family fighting and arguing and bickering, and you're like, ah, we're you missed back. it. We're back. Okay. Missed good this? times. Good times all around. Nobody, we haven't even, nobody's even been told to shut up yet. We haven't even really got off the rails. Nobody's lost their tip. Shut up, Bear. we got to go to break. <laughs> Quick time out. Stay with us. The shocking conclusion of The Drive coming up next right here on Fan Run Radio. Fan Run Radio wrapping up on a Thursday afternoon edition. Overtime boys out there? I haven't smelled coffee yes, they yet. Are. are they? Jake came in with a big old heaping bag of Taco Bell. So that's what I've kind of been getting whiffs God, of. He brought in something last week. getting a whiff of something here in a little while. Man. If you unlock the doors, I'm going to leave. Get out of here, man. It ain't going nowhere. Rick, you had mixed reaction to the 
throwback uniforms that were revealed for Tennessee. If you're just joining us, Falls revealed some, in my opinion, very cool-looking throwback basketball uniforms that they will be wearing Saturday night against Texas. Yeah, well, I, I think that the the jerseys are or the uniforms as a whole are, are very slick looking. I think they're very cool. It's the it's the script baseball uniform, the cream put on a basketball uniform. So I think that's really good. But I think at at this rate, right, when you tell a Tennessee fan that you know they have jerseys coming, or, or when you just say that new jerseys are coming to Tennessee, at this point you kind of think maybe dark mode, maybe something with a summit blue, like all the four women's teams have been doing lately. So I was kind of at least just maybe expecting a. A black jersey or a white jersey with some kind of blue accents. This is so much better. So I was a little disappointed. This is so much better. What, Wait, than then, whatever then what? Butler's trying to describe then, to you? Then uh, a dark mode basketball uniform? It sounds like it would be oh, suspiciously man. similar to Duke's I, dark I, uniforms is what you're describing. I don't want to, yeah. I mean, they'd be like our baseball or football are just all black with the bright orange. It's hard to say, right? Like it, I think it's hard to have that opinion because we don't know what the black jerseys would look like for basketball right now. Like these are really, really good, and they're really slick. I love the cursive writing. I love the script. But we've just had a lot of. We've done. A, Tennessee has done a lot of blue. Tennessee has done a lot of black recently. So I, I, I at least kind of expected maybe one of those directions, but still really good. I mean, if they if they did the old Ernie Bernie uniforms, I mean that would incorporate. The, I think those things look those things look sweet. Still, that'd be really cool. Special if we rolled them out for Kentucky. Well, the two jerseys that Tennessee now has are, are both, you know, fairly throwback. Like the ones that they unveiled today yeah, are from the 30s. School. And then these, the Tennessee on top and Volunteers on bottom are what, some I love kind those. of throwback. Love those. But there's some kind of throwback as well. Sure. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I've, you know, we've always worn – when did we start doing this deal? Where we've They've always worn the stripe. You know, Barnes likes the stripe warm-up pants. Mm-hmm. But it finally dawned on me, like, they all wear, like, those white – like wife beaters during yeah, warm the tanks. Yeah. yeah. Does anybody else do that, or is that just a Tennessee thing? I think you might see more shooting shirts that, as opposed to just straight tanks, but I'm sure these guys have options. I don't know, man. You go watch any of those We All Fly thing they do. Yeah. They're all wearing tanks during warm-ups. Yeah. Well, the other team, they got shooting shirts and stuff, so I, I that's a good question. I wonder yeah. kind of the, the switch between them. When you're a young college athlete, you're in elite physical condition. You got big shoulder <laughs> muscles and pecs. You want to wear a tight tank? <laughs> yeah. The student section is just a couple feet away. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Getting yeah. your shots up. You want to look good. Yep. Look good, feel good, play good. Yep. You may have mentioned this last night on VR. Have you? I've been dying to ask you about this. Have you gotten a look at Drew Pember this year? Yeah, I, oh, I, I mentioned it ask on, you guys on that VR. Too. I yeah, that's what that. you're talking about, like his beard and his long, long hair. hair. He's got a Steve Prefontaine thing going on, if anybody gets Slash, that reference. Like, you it know. looks like he's been living out of a car for a while, going you know like a cross-country road trip. Bible you know, school, like Jesus. Life. Some sort of California commune thing where they all share all the food and everything. Uh, yeah, he's got a... You know, Shaman kind of <laughs> yeah. prophet kind of thing. Looking. A completely different individual than who arrived to Tennessee as a true freshman a couple years ago. I mean, looks, I play, stuck around. in-game, all that kind of stuff. It, it, he outscored Georgia yesterday. The only thing I'll say, and, and I, <laughs> I wish he stuck around. I wish all these guys would stick around. Dropping 40 against the Blue Hose of Presbyterian. Yeah. As Presbyterian, the Blue Hose from Clinton, South Carolina. Right. Little bit different competition level. Yes. He ain't dropping 40 in an SEC game. Now, I think he could have been a productive player, but 
there's a different. He's still very thin, and, and all that. And I, it sounds like I'm tearing him down. I'm not. He's an NBA prospect now. Like yeah. he's legitimately on on NBA Today, boards. The kids always shot the three like that. He yeah. didn't forget how to shoot it. And I think that it, it just depends on if he would in in this offense if he would have the opportunities that they give him there to shoot as many as he does. I mean, he went eight. He shot ten threes last night. Made eight. I mean, you can get hot like that. I, I don't care if it's against str- the blue hose or not. Like four or five straight to start the game. I mean, it was yeah. I mean, incredible. you're not, but like you're not getting those kind of looks in the SEC. No, you're not. I think that UNC Asheville was a fantastic place for him to go. Yeah, kind of grow at the beginning of his career a little bit. Who knows? Maybe go somewhere else a little later on. But you're right. He can dominate. He can be the guy. You're never going to kind of come to Tennessee as a freshman like that. It's it's very difficult to be the guy in that kind of situation. So I I think UNCA was one of the perfect places for him to go. Well, well, let me ask you this. Had he gone there to begin with, and then he's just been lighting it up like he is right now, would you want to bring him home and get him in the transfer portal for one year and then – like I mean, you, there are some people who, who like legitimately want to bring him home now. Yeah. I, you could come talking yeah. to one of them. I guess he. I guess he could do that. Um, was he bearding? Yeah. Uh, okay. He was a bulldog. He shot. I don't know. I mean, it was in the forties. I mean, he was a forty percent three shooter in high school. So. I don't know if if I'm him, either stay there or if you want to transfer up, like find somewhere get get in a, a pearl like or nate oats like system where it's offense and they're yeah, gonna he can shoot more get yeah. get you the ball like if you come back here and, and this is this works for barnes it doesn't work for all the play not, not everybody loves it but it's like okay you you give up one blow by you're on the bench yeah that's what i was gonna say like where it, you know some of these other coaches and are, are a little bit more forgiving okay you give hey man don't do that again like keep shooting though and yeah. I feel like that's the kind of coach he needs. To even play if you for. can, even if you can shoot, you're not on Rick Barnes's court unless you can play defense. Yeah. And I haven't watched a minute of Pember. Eh? He could be great or you know average. But I, Barnes last tough. night uh, post game was talking about Vescovy and what a like lockdown defense guy he is. But yeah, and we we forget this. What Barnes said is like his first year, everybody in the league went at him just because he couldn't defend, and now he's like. He Just said this be- pest. He he went up to Barnes before the LSU game and said, "Hey, coach, I'm going to strictly focus on defense for this game. My shot will will come later on, but I'm going to lock in on defense and nothing else for this game." I don't think he hit his first shot until about halfway through the first uh, through the first half or something. But I, that shows you the mentality that these guys have on the Tennessee team. Well, I, I hope it continues to work now that we're getting into this feels like a big litmus test game Saturday night against Texas and it's it's not a must win or anything like that I mean this team is a lock for the tournament and everything but if we're talking about a one seed and we call it the sacred quest to get to the final four to boldly go where no Tennessee basketball team has ever gone before there there's another level as good as they are playing right now and they're playing fantastic there's another level they can get to, and they've got to find a way to get to that. Defensively, and, offensively, or, or just both? Not offensively. I, I don't think there's much room for defensive improvement. I think well, they're pretty I mean, damn good. They're going to have to do what we've seen them do against lower the lower-level teams against the harder teams that are coming up on our schedule. Yeah, night you, in and night out. They're going to have to shut. I, I mean, 
Do you see them being able to shut Alabama down like that? Yeah, but I mean, none of none of the losses has been because of defense. Like they had a good defensive effort against Kentucky, even against where they scored sixty one points. Yeah, in here, so yeah, they they played pretty tough defense against Arizona and and Colorado. It's offense. There's another level of crispness and fluidity, and it gets into the go to guy conversation we've been having. And these are questions that have to be answered, and we got plenty of time to answer them. Happened last year. They flipped the switch and became a different offensive team down the stretch. And After we'll, the Texas game, we'll see if, yeah, we'll see if it happens here. Rick, good to see you, buddy. Yeah, thanks for letting me hang out. It's always a pleasure getting to come back and hang out. Promote any of your guys. stuff, RockyTopInsider.com. RockyTopInsider.com. That's where you can find a bunch of uh, Tennessee news notes and coverage. We'll be covering the Lady Vols tonight. We'll be covering the Vols on Saturday. Everything college game day in between should be a lot of fun. Let's go, Lady Vols. Get this W. Send Woo! Gino home with that L. Okay, we'll see. Should be a big one. Th- People have been there for like four hours. Should be a good atmosphere. Is it a sellout? Hard sellout? I don't think so, but it could be. Uh, Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Ben. Thank you, Marcus. Thank you, Bear. Overtime, headed your way next. We'll do it again tomorrow right here on Fan Run Radio.